Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Allison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 21 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. My name's Alison Colley and I'm your host for the show. I'm a solicitor and specialist in employment law. I run my own practice called Real Employment Law Advice and I've been providing advice to employers and employees for about um, nine or ten years now. And the reason for setting up this podcast was to provide easy to understand updates on employment law for really primarily to employers and HR professionals and those that advise employers. And in this week's episode, what I'm going to be talking about is not um, a case this week, but actually just an update for you on um, constructive unfair dismissal and notice issues. I've been asked a couple of questions recently about notice and constructive unfair dismissal by both employers and employees. So I thought it'd be a useful topic to bring up and hopefully you'll find the content useful. In episode number 18, I talked about constructive unfair dismissal and the difference between that and unfair dismissal. And so if you're not sure and you want to go back to episode 18, then please do have a listen. But essentially, constructive unfair dismissal is where an employer acts in repudiatory breach of an express or an implied term of an employee's contract and the employee resigns in response to that breach and therefore they're claiming that they have been unfairly dismissed because of the employer's actions rather than an express dismissal. Now what often occurs is that issues will come about over a period of time and as an employer you will have an idea if an employee has got some basis for claim or if they are indicating that they are likely to resign and claim constructive unfair dismissal. Um, In these circumstances, you can take steps to prepare or to mitigate the situation by trying to deal with those issues. Now, what you can't do is if there has been a breach of contract, is you can't remedy that. So there's no way of going back once that's happened, the breach has taken place. But what you can do is try to placate the employee or to deal with the issue so that the employee doesn't actually resign in response to that breach. If they don't resign in response to the breach, then they are treated as having affirmed the contract, so accepted the breach, and they won't then be able to claim constructive unfair dismissal. But what happens if the employee then does go on to resign? In those circumstances, you would need to have a look at their resignation letter for an idea about whether they are likely to pursue a claim. And really, there is very little that you could do. You could try to negotiate with them to negotiate a settlement agreement so that they agree to accept a sum of money and compensation um, in return for agreeing not to pursue a claim in the employment tribunal or you just have to wait really. One of the questions that's come up this week is about employees who resign sort of on the spur of the moment. So there's been something that's happened, there's been a heated exchange and then they've left or They've left and they've then raised an issue that you weren't aware of as an employer before they resigned. Now, in those circumstances, what can you do? Well, the first situation I'll refer to is where an employee just walks out. So they 
Um, they don't tell you any issue before, but they just decide that they've had enough and they leave. Well, as an employer, uh, unless you know about the issue, there's very little that you can do about it beforehand. But what you can do is, again, try to reduce the risk of an employment tribunal claim by contacting the employee and advising them that you would accept them back essentially if they wanted to come back because once somebody has given notice it can't be rescinded without the other party's consent so if an employee resigns in the heat of the moment and then they come back a week later or a couple of days later and say to you that they really decided actually it was the wrong thing to do and they want to come back to work as an employer, you're under no obligation to say yes, so you don't have to say that they could come back to work. But um, in those circumstances where there's a potential claim for constructive unfair dismissal, it might be advisable to accept that if they come back to you. What I'm saying here is I would recommend that almost immediately after the employee has left, you write to them in fairly neutral terms, just explaining that should they wish to return to work, they would be welcome and that you have a grievance policy or an internal procedure that could deal with the issue that has caused them to resign and you would encourage them to um, return to work and then take their issue through the grievance procedure, which you will, of course, investigate and deal with in a fair manner. Now, this might be enough for some employees to tempt them back to work. They might think, actually, they have acted a bit hastily and they will return. And that could therefore prevent a constructive unfair dismissal claim. Now, as I've said, if they return to work and then they feel that the issue hasn't been resolved or they go for a grievance procedure and they're still unhappy, they could still resign and rely on the original breach of contract as long as they haven't left it for too long, that is because you can't actually cure, as I said earlier, you can't cure a breach. So you can't go back, you can only try to mitigate things with the employee and encourage them to stay and thereby prevent a claim in the employment tribunal. Now there might be a circumstance where you actually think, hold on a minute, they've left, it's a good thing. Um, Yes, there might be a risk of an employment tribunal claim, but it's better for the business that they don't come back. Now, in those circumstances, you obviously have to take a view on matters. I would still recommend that you write to the employee and you need not necessarily leave their job open for them to return, but give them the option of following the internal grievance procedure even after they've left so that you're at least showing some reasonable behaviour in response to the allegations that they've raised. In these circumstances, you as the employer may not know about the issue until the point at which the employee resigns and it is very difficult. So if they've been having trouble with their um, colleagues or there have been issues of bullying or something else with their line manager, you might not know about it and therefore cannot deal with it. Now the Employment Tribunal recognises this and there is a deduction in the compensation if an employee is successful with a claim for constructive unfair dismissal and they haven't followed the grievance procedure. So there's no requirement by law for them to raise a grievance prior to resigning but if they don't do so and they unreasonably fail to follow a grievance procedure then their compensation could be reduced by up to 25%. In those circumstances you where you don't know about the issue until the employee is resigned in your defence you should ensure that you state that you have a fair and reasonable grievance procedure and that prior to the employee resigning, 
you weren't aware of the issue and couldn't reasonably have known about it. Had you known about it, you would have, of course, dealt with it in the grievance procedure and therefore that would help if you get a judgment against you for compensation and the employment tribunal might be more likely to take that into consideration. And the same thing goes if the employee resigns and you've written to them after they've left and said that there is a grievance procedure and I would consider adding in the letter something along the lines of you're disappointed that they didn't feel able to utilise the internal grievance procedure or something along the lines of had you known about the issue you would have of course taken it seriously and investigated it in accordance with your grievance procedure. Just highlighting that point. So what happens if an employee resigns with notice so they resign in circumstances where they put in their resignation that the reason they're leaving is because of um, what they're alleging uh, conduct or a breach of their contracts let's say so that can quite often happen what do you do in those circumstances so you've got an employee who served that notice they've put you on notice that there's an issue how do you deal with that well there's a common misconception that you can refuse to accept notice The fact of the matter is, once an employee is given notice, you can't refuse to accept it. So you can't say to the employee, well, I'm not accepting your notice until we've dealt with this grievance issue. That's not an option that's open to you. What I would suggest, however, is that in acknowledging the notice, you say that you're going to instigate your internal grievance procedure in relation to the issues raised in their resignation and would invite them to participate in the grievance procedure during their notice period and then deal with the grievance whilst they are serving out their notice. This serves two purposes. One, it might be enough to encourage the employee to withdraw their notice or ask to withdraw their notice, at which point then you can decide if you want to uh, allow them to stay. And if they withdraw their notice, of course, then that prevents any claim for constructive unfair dismissal. Or the second thing it does is it just, again, helps with your reasonableness at the employment tribunal. So whilst it might not prevent a judgment of constructive unfair dismissal against you, it will assist if you've gone through the grievance procedure rather than just ignoring it. What happens if the employee says that they actually don't want to go through with the grievance procedure? Well, It depends on the nature of the allegations that they're raising. I would say my best advice would be to always go through with your internal grievance procedure, regardless of whether the employee wishes to participate or not. Because there may be issues there for other employees that you need to deal with. And you might have a duty of care to the other employees. So... Yes, it can be a bit of a pain if you've got an employee who's raised an issue and they don't want to go for the grievance procedure, but you should at least assign somebody to investigate it and go through the process. So to summarise, with regards to constructive unfair dismissal cases, you can't refuse to accept an employee's notice. And once you have breached the employee's contract, there is no going back. But what you can do to try to prevent a claim for constructive unfair dismissal if you're open to having the employee back in the organisation is to try to appease them and to try to deal with the issues they've raised and encourage them to return to work. At which point, of course, the longer they remain at work, the less chance there is of them being able to pursue or pursue a claim successfully for constructive unfair dismissal in relation to a breach of contract that's taken place previously. 
I hope this provides you with some practical um, advice and assistance about constructive unfair dismissal. If you receive a resignation letter and it has some issues in it or you're concerned that somebody has walked off the job or um, handed their notice in in um, the heat of the moment, then do seek some advice about the situation. The earlier that you seek advice, the better. And um, it can help you to prevent a costly employment tribunal. If you wish to contact me for advice, you can do. My email address is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk and I can provide you with that one-on-one advice should you need it. Now for my HR best practice tip. And you're probably thinking, actually, Alison, do you know what? Your HR best practice tips are generally common sense. Well, they are generally common sense, but they're things that people seem to miss on a day-to-day basis. And it's understandable if you're running your own business, you're busy with employees, um, you're a HR manager, and you don't have time to deal with the small things. Well, sometimes you can miss those common sense things. So that's what I'm here for, is to just remind you of them. And my tip for today is to nip things in the bud at the earliest possible stage. I can't tell you the number of times that I have been advising both employers and employees about constructive unfair dismissal situations, which if the employer had dealt with them swiftly and effectively at the outset wouldn't have resulted in a repudiatory breach of contract. I recommend that your managers are trained to identify potential issues that could escalate and cause problems later on. And they are then trained that they should bring those to the attention of somebody more senior if they don't know how to deal with them or to contact your HR department or your advisors to understand the best way of dealing with them in order to prevent it causing a problem later on. Quite often you'll find that employees aren't prepared to resign at the drop of a hat at the at the first sign of a breach of contract or repudiatory breach from their employer. So by nipping it in the bud early you can actually stop the employee from taking that drastic action of resigning. It's normally when things become really untenable that employees will actually decide to leave and then pursue their claims. So that's my best practice tip for this week. I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast and that you're enjoying the content. As always, if you do have any suggestions for what to include or any particular um, areas of law, cases or questions that you have, I'd be happy to receive them. Actually, I'd really welcome them because it gives me something to talk about. And um, I do value your support on iTunes and Stitcher. So thanks very much. You can contact me again on alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you that the information in this podcast is for information only. It's general review and a general update. It's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances. So please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast. But please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice.